people of the world. This is the Brothers Talk with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm. Tune in each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or on our website to hear us, three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, as we give voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. You can reach us with your comments, questions, and suggestions at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and the Facebook group of the same name. And if you want to share in more detail, hit us up at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. You can also get more of us by watching The Brothers Talk Show on Millennium TV's M24 streaming news station. Welcome again into the home of Brothers Talk podcast family, and we're always glad you're here. And if you're new to the conversation, thanks for listening, and we hope that you'll spread the message. We're in Africa and Europe, and we're also being heard in Russia, Croatia, India, Japan, and Thailand. So once again, shout out to those who are tuning in to the Brothers Talk family outside the United States. Remember also, if you're on Facebook, the discussions continue there in our groups. The Brothers Talk, relaunching Black Wall Street nationwide, hashtag Black Dollars Matter and Black Parent University with over 4,000 members. And if you want to see us do what we do in long form, you can tune into the Brothers Talk Show each Saturday and Sunday night on the M24 News streaming service. We have to continue to keep pounding this nail. Coronavirus is raging again with at least three other variants, the Lambda, the Zeta, and now even the Delta Plus. And when I say raging, I mean, we're suddenly seeing a spike in the number of hospitalizations and deaths. And of course, it's happening mostly where they're the lowest number of vaccinations. But the unfortunate reality is, is that as these new variants come up, there's questions as to how effective vaccines are going to be. And so this is why we have to stay on this trend of keeping the heat on people to get vaccinated. You've got so many different stupid combinations of logic out there. I even heard or actually read um, and heard a couple of doctors out there who were questioning the validity of masks for children. And so the reasons they gave were just flat out asinine. They said things like, well, masks for children, if they wear glasses, could fog up their glasses and masks could cause acne on their skin and masks could have them suffering psychological anxiety because they can't express themselves through their emotions. I mean, how stupid is that when you start to think about something as basic as a life or death situation? And so what they try to cite is, well, how, where are the studies on whether or not it's that effective for kids? Well, if you got enough studies showing that masks are effective for adults, let's just decide that we're going to err on the side of caution and try to make sure that we keep the kids safe too. So we're going to continue to stay on this because something really needs to be done to get through to people who don't want to do the simple right thing and stay alive. That seems to be the most basic take on it. Down to my brothers in the struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Noah. Hi, family. I want to thank you for your continued support. But I just want to echo something that Rod was just talking about. And, you know, my people, family, what, what are we doing? What are you doing? Why aren't you getting the vaccination? People are dying daily. They're reporting they're desperate for people to get the vaccination so that we can curve this pandemic. Black folks, what are you all doing? 
Encourage your family members, your loved ones to get vaccinated. They're not only saving their own lives, but they're potentially saving family and friends and other loved ones' lives by getting vaccinated and not infecting somebody. So come on, people. What are we doing? And if you can, go out and support a black business. Norm? Thanks, Scott. And I really don't know if there's anything else that we can say in regards to getting the vaccination. Um, you know, again, you're watching people die. You're watching businesses really on the verge of closing. And you're watching uh, the government about to shut us down again because we have so many people in our communities who refuse to get this vaccination. It's a sad day. And Rod, you said it, you know, I'm really tired of fighting stupid. How many people have to die before you realize you really have no choice other than take the vaccination because you're going to die. And like Scott said, and you're going to take some of your loved ones with you. It just makes no sense. Rod. So this week, we're really taking a look at an article that was published in the Wall Street Journal that had some really interesting information there. And so we're just going to lay it out there because what it talks about is how the wealth disparity is growing increasingly amongst college educated blacks and whites. That in essence, that while whites are seeing their median net income increase because they're not saddled with so much college debt, that black income has actually been further eroding, that the numbers were really kind of startling because it really showed things that over the past 30 years, Black households with college graduates have seen the medium net worth fall to $8,200, and that's down from $50,400, which was just 30 years ago. And in the same time period, white college graduate households saw their median net worth grow by 17% and go up to 138000 So that is just insane to see that our college graduate-headed households are finding their wealth perspective just curtailed by the fact that they are really just burdened with so much college debt because that is the number one reason, along with the fact that Black households were redlined and unable to create the kind of wealth that they needed to by getting mortgages and seeing their property values appreciate in the interim. So this is just a horrible situation. And so we just had to point it out and just put it on broadcast. You know, this situation just looks like when you just step back and, and look at the totality of what's happening here, it looks like it's a grand plan. Uh, Rod mentioned that, you mentioned that, you know, black wealth is built through home ownership. Uh, we, we were denied opportunities to purchase homes because banks wouldn't give us mortgages for years. And once we got to the point where we can purchase homes, we started building some, some equity in our homes and, and wealth. Well, that's been taken away because now what they're doing is there's been this law that was passed in Congress during the Bush administration where 
if you have student loan debt, you cannot file bankruptcy if you got student loan debt. It goes to you, it goes to you, goes with you to the grave. Now just think about that. You can file bankruptcy for anything in America except for student loan debt. There are people who file for 45, who file bankruptcy six times. There are people who foreclose on multiple homes, but they're still allowed to file bankruptcy. But for some reason, they passed a law where you can't file bankruptcy for student loan debt. And not only that, now what happens is because the cost of education at Rose is written so high, now people got to borrow even more. Students got to borrow even more money that they can't pay back because they're dealing with structural systemic racism that's not allowing them to get the jobs, well-paying jobs that are going to help them pay the student loan back. Well, what that does is you got debt. So now the banks won't loan you money to buy a house because of your debt ratio. Because you got you're carrying so much student loan debt. There are people who are still paying student loan debts who've had student loans for 30 and 40 years. And they're still paying student loan debt. Something's wrong here when the interest rates on student loans right now is about 8.3%. But you can buy a house, a car for 0% down. Some mortgage interest rates are less than 2%. But the student loan debt interest rate had has remained at about 8.3%. I mean, come on, guys. Something is in the miracles not clean. You know, Scott, you hit the nail on the head here. That legislation that we're discussing, that was basically class warfare. And what they did was they basically took poor middle-class people and just sold them to the banks. Because not only does that affect your student loan debt, it affects your credit card debt. It affects other forms of debt. And it allowed basically banks and individuals to start predatory lending, which you see attacks the poor more so than anyone. But literally all of these, that legislation was aimed at us. And it was, and it's taken its effect. And you had mentioned that earlier, and I just wanted to go over that again. And basically, what we have to do is let the people know what is happening here and how our Democratic Party and Republican Party, for that matter, can't leave them out, has sold us out to big business and has literally taken the future of our young people and sold that as well. Yeah. And so what you saw was what started under Reagan and Reaganomics of going away from government sponsored grants and loan processing was turning it over to banks. And so just like you both said, you had suddenly the banks now literally getting into bed with the colleges because they started to raise the cost of tuition. And I've long asked the question, well, why does physics in 2021 cost 1,000% more than physics in 1980? And the reason is because of the banks. And so you had, just like you said, Norm, we've had an uninterrupted chain of the last 40 years, beginning with Reaganomics, which also included Democratic administrations, 
where we have watched them simply just allow this debt to go unchecked. And even as you said, it's got under W. Bush, you had the banking lobbyists actually write that legislation that forbade anybody from being able to not only to declare bankruptcy on student loan debt, but also incorporate the IRS and be able to place liens on tax return uh, funds if indeed a person was in arrears on their college loan debt. So it really is something that, you know, they have done to, and I like the way you put it, Norm, they basically have sold away the idea of there being any kind of equity being provided for people who are in the mid to lower income brackets because they come out of college basically already being wage slaves to the banks. One other thing that they've done, and that's why I said that this looked like it was some grand plan and it's been implemented and it's come to fruition. What they're doing, if you have too much student loan debt, some companies won't hire you. If you have too much student loan debt, if you're if you miss one payment, the federal you can't work for the federal government. I know of a person who applied for not the federal government, but applied for a job and they told her that she had too much student loan debt. And so you gotta ask yourself. When did that become a trend, a trend and why did that become a trend that you can't get? So now you can't even get the high paying jobs that you go to college to to try to get. You can't get them because now they put another system in place. So it looks like it's, it's designed to keep black folks, young black folks into indentured servitude because you can it's almost impossible for somebody who's making, you know, thirty or fifty thousand dollars to pay off a student loan debt when you have all of these when you've got housing and everything else, you're just day, daily living expenses, it's just impossible to pay that kind of money, the kind of money. And some of them are paying like fourteen hundred dollars a month, twelve hundred dollars a month on student loan debt. And you, you said that literally, Scott. That's why they're calling on Biden to basically forgive that debt, because they realize this is slavery to those young people. And then people, like you said, who've been paying for 40 years in their lives. This is literally slavery. You're working to pay that loan off and you cannot go forward. You cannot purchase a house. You cannot invest because you have that albatross around your neck. You can't. But I'd like to give an example of how this is set up to literally destroy poor and middle class people. Once Walmart got into banking and literally they got into banking because that legislation opened this up to any predator. And Walmart has not made any money on all of their banking services. They literally made their money on overdraft fees. So they are the bloodsuckers of poor and middle class people who use their banking system. Now, that is thievery. And so what you've got is a situation where you really have to look hard at folks who are trying to better themselves, especially in our communities, by going to college. Now, we're going to be very clear that the statistics still say that within our community, that if you're a college graduate, your prospects for income are certainly much better than if you don't have a college degree. 
However, the statistics are also very clear that white households without even a high school diploma are still more wealthy than black college graduates with postgraduate degrees. And so this is the kind of situation that is just certainly just beyond the pale of, of, of doing anything other than showing us how unfair a system that we are currently laboring under. And so we have to be very mindful that we've got to hold politicians feet to the fire and literally make sure that they do what is necessary to create a, a fairer system. Because as we said, this isn't just a black issue here. It is certainly a much more severe issue when it comes to black, but it is a class warfare. I think you said that earlier, Norm, it's class warfare and something needs to be done because they're basically we're going to have debt prisons sooner or later. And we know what happened after the 13th Amendment that basically continued to keep slavery on the books. You know, uh, it's another thing that they've done. When so many students start defaulting on their loans, they came up with something called Parent Plus. So what they do is they'll say, okay, you student, you don't have a high enough credit rating to apply for the student loan. So what they're doing is they're transferring that loan debt to the parents. That's why you see so many people in their 60s and 70s still working or going back into the labor market because they're helping their kids pay off that student loan or the student loan is in their name. They didn't understand that Parent Plus, when you sign that Parent Plus, the Parent Plus, I mean, it's a tricky thing. It's a dirty, tricky thing that they've done. The parent, you sign a Parent Plus loan, the loan is transferred to the, the debt is transferred to the parent. So now the parent is stuck with a hundred plus thousand dollars in student loan when they're ready to retire. Some of them can't retire because they got to pay that, that, that debt off. Now, what I hope that we're showing here is that this is a systematic plan, literally, to transfer wealth mm -hmm. from the middle and lower classes and poor people in this country to that 1%. That's literally what this is. It's designed to protect their wealth and to steal those of the people beneath them in this country. And that is the essence of capitalism in this country, unfortunately. All right. So there you have it. We've raised it up for your continued conversation. If you have examples or ideas, feel free to forward them to us. And we certainly want to hear if you've been impacted negatively by this, because it's, it's one of those situations that is almost omnipresent, that literally every household where the person goes and has kids who go off to college are impacted by this. And we're not even talking about just the Ivy League. We're talking about basically public education, period. So in our Black Professional Experience of the Week from Chicago, Illinois, there are four Black women scientists, Dr. Myla Patterson-Smith, Dr. Shante Williams, Dr. Charlitha Irvin-Joseph, and Dr. Elethea Tillman, who partnered to create the Black Scientist Cooperative Podcast. These are four HBCU graduates, and they are ready to leverage their expertise to make science and healthcare information clear and simple for the listeners. 
The mission of the Black Science Cooperative is to empower the Black community to make informed, science-based decisions on health and wellness. The podcast covers a broad range of topics, including the science behind the COVID-19 vaccines, the origins of health disparities, and more. The BSC regularly features subject matter experts from around the world to help educate and empower the Black community. And so we welcome them into the mix because uh, for our longtime listeners, you know that this has been one of our chief topics for some time in bringing in Black healthcare professionals to help to keep us educated and keep us aware of what's going on as far as the health disparities and well as what we need to do in terms of preventative health. So we will keep that up and we will continue to have those guests as well. But just keep in mind that there is now another um, podcast out there called the Black Scientist Cooperative. That's it for another edition of Brothers Talk. And thanks to all the Brothers Talk family for joining us. Remember to check out the hour-long Brothers Talk show airing Saturday and Sunday on the TV streaming service M24 News. And if you have an idea for a show or want to share your thoughts, as I mentioned earlier, you can follow us at the Brothers Talk on Twitter, the Brothers Talk on Instagram, like our Facebook page and if a quick reminder that if you also want to share more of your thoughts with us and the Brothers Talk family, there is the Brothers Talk group on Facebook. Finally, if you want more information about things like our 12-point relaunching Black Wall Street plan or to give us direct feedback or questions, you can email us at thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. So as we always say, God bless you all for your time and your support. And you always have our absolute commitment that we'll never take it or you for granted. And remember, Let's do better today because that's all we really have.